ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. With two new big Hollywood blockbusters just out, you might be thinking of heading to the movies. Well, make the most of it, because if an actors and writers strike in America keeps going much longer, there'll be very few new films to watch this year and maybe next. Today, senior entertainment writer at the LA Times, Meg James, on the worldwide impact of the strikes and why artificial intelligence is a big reason why Hollywood stars have downed tools. Meg, the picket lines in Hollywood are getting bigger by the day. Just tell me about what's been happening in the last few days. Well, what happened was talks broke down between the group that negotiates on behalf of the big studios and the the group that represents the actors, SAG-AFTRA. It's curtains for Hollywood, at least for the foreseeable future. The president of the Screen Actors Guild, Fran Drescher, better known as the former star of the 1990s sitcom The Nanny, says the deal being offered is insulting. We are the victims here. We are being victimised by a very greedy entity. And they declared a strike. The picket lines, which had been, you know... uh, pretty well attended by writers, but a much smaller group, suddenly swelled into huge throngs of people protesting outside Netflix, NBC Universal, Walt Disney Company and others. There are some pretty well-known people out there. Susan Sarandon, she was talking at a rally in New York. I'm here because I'm in the sag after union. I'm also here because of the, the writers' union. So we're in an old contract for a new, new type of business and it's just not working for most people. It's important to note, isn't it, as well, that while these rallies are taking place in the United States, they are having an impact around the world. That at least two major productions in Australia have been impacted by the Hollywood shutdown. Apple's Never Fall is an upcoming miniseries. It was expected to inject nearly $80 million into the local economy, creating... So it's having a big impact everywhere. Oh, yes, it's having a huge impact. They were having a major premiere in in London for the movie Opera. And the cast members, they got up in the middle of the premiere and just walked out. I have to acknowledge the work of our incredible cast, led by Killian Murphy. Uh, unfortunately, they're, they're off to break their picket signs for what we believe uh, to be an imminent uh, strike by SAG. What a moment that was. It included, of course, the likes of Kenneth Branagh, Matt Damon, you know, some really big stars. There's an existential threat to, you know, the industry that needs to be addressed. It's being addressed. It's a painful process, but it has to be done. I think this this strike is going to be devastating for the industry because while the studio executives thought that they could weather a storm by the Writers Guild, which is about 12,000 members, the Actors Guild 
walkout has totally shut everything down. We're talking about, at least in terms of membership, 160,000 members of SAG-AFTRA. Wow, yeah, it's a big, big group. And it's really unusual, isn't it, Meg, for the Writers Guild and the actors to join forces like this. They haven't done it for a while. Oh, not since 1960. 1960 was the last time there was a twin strike in Hollywood. Yeah, okay, so there's been a lot of time in between. There have been other strikes, of course. We saw in the 1980s there was strike action by actors, even our own, the late Olivia Newton-John. She was speaking with Countdown at the time. We have a little problem, a little problem. In America at the moment there's a, a SAG strike, which is the American Actors' Union, who are on strike for more money. And being a member of SAG, I have to comply with their wishes. Well, actually, it's interesting because you mentioned past strikes and the strike in 1960 was about a fear that television was going to usurp the, the money that the actors received from acting in, and feature films. Then in the 1980s, it was video cassettes. In 2000, 2008, it was a fear of what the internet would do. And now the streaming revolution, the Netflix, the Amazons have totally changed the economics. So now let's have a look at why they are striking at the moment. One day stronger! One day longer! One day stronger! Basically, it used to be, I wouldn't say easy, but it used to be that a a mid-level writer would have a really decent income because Mm. they would be writing like 20, helping write 22 episodes of a television show for a season. And now these streamers are ordering much fewer episodes. And so the payment based on episodes is smaller and they're tied up waiting to write the next season. So you have uh, just tectonic changes in the way television is made. Mm. And so that's sort of filtered down to how people are paid. Right. Okay. And so the writers began their strike action about three months ago. It's been going for a while. What were they demanding? Well, what they were demanding were several things. One was, of course, higher minimum rates to work. They also wanted increased um, residuals to account for the fact that the United States is no longer the main source of revenue. International distribution, as you know, is huge. They want more residuals. What are residuals and how do they differ with streaming, with the new way we watch movies? Well, that's a very good question, and that's actually the core of one of the the demands from both the writers and the actors. I'm happy to tell you that my latest residual check came in June, and it was for $20.23. And that's what a lot, that's what this residual thing is about. In the past, a studio would make a TV show. It would run on a broadcast network. If it was hugely successful, you know, four or five seasons would, would, uh, they would accumulate the episodes from four or five seasons and then they would sell that to a television station group, a cable channel, or eventually like a streamer like Netflix. 
at every at every turn, every time they would sell that show again, these actors and the writers and all the people who were the profit participants would get a residual. They would get a, a small、um, percentage of of their fee. Now with streaming, they're not they're, they those windows don't exist anymore. Those windows of other opportunities. You know, people are hired and they're paid once a lump sum to participate in this show. The, the example I brought up is I did a movie for Netflix. And if it was back in the the old DVD residuals days, I would have got a twenty five thousand dollar residual check. I got two hundred and seventy one dollars from Netflix, and it broke all their records. Like the, their viewership records were out of control. And Netflix, you know, because they have、um, operations around the world, they don't want to. Pay people the first time, and then you know, should the show go to Australia or New Zealand or you know India, they don't want to continue to have to cut these checks, so they want to give a larger fee up front. But once again, the you know the the model has changed so dramatically, and now most writers are working at the minimum. So why now have the actors joined in? With the writers, even our own Margot Robbie, of course, aka Barbie, she walked off the job. Absolutely, no, I'm very much in support of all the unions, and I'm a part of SAG, so I would absolutely stand by that. So, why are they joining in? Well, the actors wanted to show solidarity with the writers who were already out on strike. I think the other thing that happened was these actors got really. Um, terrified, frankly, of artificial intelligence and how that would be used to basically eliminate a lot of what we call background actors or extras who might not have a speaking role but are sort of in the background of a scene. And for many working actors in Hollywood, this is their main gig. This is how they make a living, and they're. Fearful that if if a producer you know just sort of you know types into a computer and says that they want an actor that's this tall and has this particular look, that a digital image that was based on a real person would pop up and therefore eliminate all of these people's jobs. Yeah, it's amazing that they see that as a real threat, I suppose, to the industry. Oh, for sure. And and I talked to some experts、um, late last week, and they said that the fears, you know, are for good reason. There, you know, producers have already used AI to simulate big crowd scenes, but the question is, how far will this go? And again, will they be able to like hire someone? And make a digital copy of this person's image, and then use that image in perpetuity without paying the actor. And that's what the actors are fearful of. When you do go to work as an actor, we're not getting paid fairly. Luke Cook, he's an Australian actor over there in Hollywood, and he's been speaking out. He's trying to, I guess, remind people that not all actors are millionaires. So the actors that a lot of people are probably thinking about are George Clooney and Brad Pitt. This strike will not affect them. Essentially, they're going to be making the same after. Well, this is true. The majority of the actors who are working in Hollywood are, you know, basically, you know, trying to make ends meet. Names that we all know—they're handsomely compensated. But think about it—that's only a, a very small fraction of this whole working Hollywood. We like our movies, don't we? So we we want them. We had COVID, and it wasn't very nice that we didn't have many movies to go and watch. We don't want to end up there again. 
Well, this is one of the things that, you know, Bob Iger, the head of the Walt Disney Company said, this is like the worst possible moment for these strikes because the movie theaters, the, the movie you know, industry really hasn't fully recovered from COVID. This is the worst time in the world to add to that disruption. There's a level of expectation that they have that is just not realistic. And they are adding to a set of challenges that this business is already facing. Bob Iger, he was speaking there on CNBC and his comments did annoy quite a few people in the industry. But Meg, what's your prediction now? Who's going to blink first? Well, you know, I do think that with two guilds striking simultaneously, it's really going to put more pressure on the studios to find a resolution. Right now, there are no talks. And if talks don't resume till, you know, September or October, then there's a very good chance that no new content will be made in this entire year. It might be till next year. And that will cause, you know, problems and shortages for, you know, people who are not participating in the strike. For, for instance, the theater owners or the people who sell popcorn there or the people who, you know, clean the red carpets. Everyone's going to be hurt by this strike. This is a moment of history that is a moment of truth. If we don't stand tall right now, we are all going to be in trouble. Meg James is a senior entertainment writer at the LA Times. Netflix has 238 million subscribers globally and its revenue rose by 3% in the last quarter to $8.2 billion. This episode was produced by Veronica App-App, Anna John and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. Over the weekend, catch This Week with Sarah Dingle. She'll be looking at the extreme heat across the Northern Hemisphere. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again on Monday. Thanks for listening.